this ISN Text Talk podcast, where we chat with the movers and shakers of the textile world to bring you behind the scenes insights you can use to kickstart your career to high gear. Today, we are speaking with Lavana Beanstalk, the manager of raw materials at Victoria's Secret. Lavana is a textile specialist with over a decade of experience in the fashion industry. Originally from the Midwest, she moved to New York to study at Pratt Institute, where she graduated with her BFA in fashion design. While at Pratt, Lavana initiated the Fashion Department's Exchange Program, spending a year at Nuova Academia di Belle Arti in Milan, Italy. Over the course of her career, Lavana has held roles on fabric teams at Lord & Taylor Private Label, DKNY Ready to Wear, and Anna Sui. She partnered directly with Anna Sui on researching fabrics and prints for the designer's runway collections. Lavana joined Victoria's Secret in 2015. She's been able to merge her passions of lace, embroidery, and fabric development with her technical expertise, working hand-in-hand with the lingerie industry's top suppliers and vendors. In her free time, you can find Lavana walking her pug puppy in Central Park. Thank you so much for joining us today, Lavana. How are you doing? Hi, Steve. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. I think the question that everyone wants to know right off the bat is what's the pug puppy's name? His name is Fig. Fig. I Fig like it. the fruit. When I first saw him, I didn't have a name in mind, so I kept calling him Pug. And I was like, I can't keep my dog's name Pug. So I was coming up with another one-syllable word to get his attention. So, Fig. It's perfect. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) So I've had the pleasure to talk to you before this recording, but for our audience, could you tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you became the raw materials manager at Victoria's Secret and just a little bit about that journey? So I grew up in Indianapolis, and in my mind, New York was the place to go if you wanted to get into the fashion industry. So I studied at Pratt Institute, and my major was fashion design. But I think as early as my freshman year, textile was my favorite class. I just loved learning about the dyeing process. Even before Project Runway came out on the mainstream, I just always felt like fabric was the start of it all. And I feel like if you find an exciting fabric, you could take the most basic silhouette and do something different with it. So I think that just always stuck with me. I actually had no idea that fabric was in itself a specific niche market in the industry. So I finished uh, my studies at Pratt kind of thinking I would be a designer. And I sort of fell into this role and realized quickly that fabric is really an area of expertise. And I started out um, doing a little bit of everything, embellishment, color, and really the more I got involved, the more I realized how huge this world of textiles was. And I kind of followed wherever one door closed and another one opened. And it's been very exciting for me. I've always been on the research end of of the process throughout my journey. And going into Victoria's Secret, I sort of was able to merge that into a more technical role. So it's been not a one-way path, but a little bit of a journey to get to this this point. But I've really enjoyed it. And um, it's been really cool to see, you know, just how much the textiles influence the entire design process. That's really great. It's cool to see that you thought your journey was going to go one way as maybe a designer and that you ended up on the fabric side. And is there anything you would have done differently or you you think your journey was exactly what it was supposed to be? No, I think everyone has to go through the struggles (laughs) of the day in and day out, but nothing I would have done differently. I think I learned something from everywhere along the way. I think that what's important is just realizing that there's so much to learn. Nobody knows everything. So I think what I've found really humbling is no matter what level you're at in the industry, 
industry, there's always things to learn. And I think, especially with textiles, there's so much technology coming out and so many new and exciting innovations that there's always another question to ask. There's always another process to understand. There's always another machine to learn about. So I think it's really kept it very um, interesting, you know, makes everyone a bit curious, like what is the next big thing in fashion and how do I discover it? And the development process is fun because you kind of go through these failures and you're working with some of the best people in the world. And sometimes it is a trial to figure these things out. So it's sort of like this team effort where I don't think there's any one person taking it all on their shoulders. I think what's really exciting is we all work together. And I think one of the exciting things about being part of such a huge company is we're usually among the first to kind of find out about some of these ideas. So it's really cool to bring these things to market and be on the forefront of that innovation. And is there any other areas where consumer insight comes in prior to product development? I mean, you obviously have data based on, you know, what was successful before, but when you're innovating and doing something different, where does the consumer come in there? Yeah. When we have a new product, we'll do a wear test. I think that's pretty common across the industry before launching a big idea. Do people like it? You know, is it the right fabric? You know, we take a lot of pride in comfort and technical expertise. So I think, you know, I'll wear things sometimes. I want to make sure that what we're putting out there is the right thing. And it's important to to everyone at the business to put out the best possible product for the customer. And part of that is the wearer experience. So we take a lot of pride in that. That's so great. L Brands owns Victoria's Secret, correct? And so what other brands under L Brands do you work with today? So actually now Victoria's Secret is VS & Co., so it's just Victoria's Secret that I'm working for. And then Victoria's Secret, we kind of have a few different categories. So for the past five and a half years, I've been working on the glamour part of the lingerie area of the business. That's been really cool for me just to meet with the lace suppliers, visit some of the embroidery suppliers overseas, and really understand what it takes to get these beautiful things. It's an amazing process. And Right now, I've shifted from the glamour part of the business to the casual part of the business, which is a whole nother area of focus, and it's more of the everyday bras. So the fabrications are different, the technology is different, the user experience is different. So it's been very eye-opening to sort of be able to see the different parts of the company and to, to focus on the raw materials for each area. And that's interesting to me because I wonder from your perspective, I mean, everyone knows Victoria's Secret as, you know, lingerie mostly, but athleisure as a category has really come along in in kind of the everyday stuff where, you know, multifunctional clothing. And how have you seen that evolve in your time with Victoria's Secret? Yeah. So I think since we are a lingerie company, bras is always first. That's what we focus on. And I think there is still a want for this casual loungewear product. So I've seen over the years I've been at the company, categories have come and gone and kind of moved around. And it's an exciting time because some of these categories are um, coming back into focus, especially with people spending more time at home. So it's nice to work in a company where there's products for all facets of, of life and there's kind of something for any time. If what about mass? So mast is a technical arm of Victoria's Secret, correct? What's the role of mass as it relates to your job and just kind of the operation as a whole? We're all together actually under this VS and Co. And MAST was really always the execution part of the business. So we have a team that does sort of the very upfront development things. And then we think of a company as large as Victoria's Secret. How do you make it scalable? How do you make it 
so the customer can enjoy it not one times, not two times, but 20 times. How do you make a product that stands through all these washes? How do you make a product that has good quality? So sometimes, you know, you find the most beautiful item and we love it, but it's too expensive. So how do we reimagine it in a price point that our customers can buy? So really MAST is about the execution. You have something that you want to put into production. How do we make it production feasible? How do we take it from that development all the way through the production? How do we get it in stores and how do we make it something the customer can wear and enjoy and be happy with the product? The pandemic really changed how everyone had to work in a lot of ways. So with that integration, did you find that to be challenging during the pandemic? Did you guys adapt well to it or did it really not impact the way you were working? Yeah, it affected us a lot. I think when you think about textiles, it's it's a tactile. You want to touch it, you want to feel it, you want to stretch it. Everyone wants to hold it. And especially course, when you're yeah. thinking about lingerie, it's so close to your body. You don't want anything that's scratchy. You don't want anything that doesn't feel good. So I think for us, one of the biggest challenges, and I'm sure most people across the industry felt this, was how do we meet with our suppliers who are abroad with travel limited? So for us, we did have to shift a lot. We started doing a lot of virtual meetings instead of you know having in-person meetings, which in the beginning, it was an adjustment, but I think it showed us all that we can do it. We can work this way. If we saw something we really liked, we had it sent to you know someone on the fabric team. We had it sent to the designers. So we were all looking at the same thing. But I think it also made us all a lot more conscious about how many swatches are we requesting? You know, how much stuff do we really need? So I think it was a different way of working. We started doing digital libraries. We started, you know, taking more advantage of a digital platform. So I think, of course, we're all super excited for when we can, you know, meet again in person and touch things because there's nothing that can really replace that. But I think we've managed pretty well. You know, we've all kind of learned how to share our screens, how to look at sketches together, how to work in this new platform. And I think, you know, we're taking a lot away with us. And I think even in the future, it's not the worst thing in the world to eliminate some of this wastage with paper and shipping. And, you know, it is doable to work, to work in a digital platform. So I think that was one of the big adjustments for us during the pandemic, for sure. Yeah. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that can relate to that, myself included, not nearly to the extent of you. We have fabrics to come in for testing in our labs, but for you guys, it's a little different when you're designing. So I can certainly understand that. I'm sure people listening will as well. So to go back to your career, it spanned all the way from design to aesthetic to raw materials and some science. Could you compare and contrast the two roles for us and just what you liked, disliked, and how you saw each role and, and where you see you fit best? Sure. So I think fabric is always an emotional thing. Like, you know, I see something, I love it. It's beautiful. Especially when I was working at Anna Sui, I would go on fabric appointments. I loved it. She loved it. It would go out on the runway. I didn't have to do much else. But when you work for a mass market company that reaches so many people globally, you have to think a little bit differently. And I think differently about things for sure. Not only does it have to be beautiful, but it has to, it has to go through the wear and the wash. Learning about the technical limitations of things, how things are really made. I had the wonderful opportunity um, working at VS. I spent a month actually visiting our team in Hong Kong and somebody was on maternity leave and they asked me, oh, do you want to, do you want to work in Hong Kong office and see how things are there? And I jumped at the chance because how often do we get to go to the other side of the world and really see the day in and day out of production? So while I was there, I did spend a lot of time in China visiting the factories and Seeing how these things are made, it gives you a whole different perspective. You know, before I would see a lace and say, oh, can that flower be a little bit smaller? 
But when you go to the factory and you see, oh, that little adjustment, they have to redo the entire machine. They have to rethread all these small needles. It makes you really think about this is a small ask, but it's actually a, a big ask. So I think going to the factories and learning all these technical elements and really understanding why do things look a certain way? What are the yarn sizes? How do you get the effect you want? I think that definitely put things into perspective for me. So it's sort of like, how do you find something that's beautiful and then scale it to a mass market and, you know, make it something that everyone can have. So I think really learning about how the fabrics are made, I think that really helped me. Yeah, that's such a great opportunity to be able to go over there and get the other side to the fabric production and in development. I mean, that's going to be invaluable. We all have seen sustainability and fashion and how important it's become within the industry, but also most importantly at the consumer level over the years. Can you tell us about your approach to innovation and sustainability and where you see the lingerie industry heading as it relates to that? Sure. I think that we've discovered that people really care about this subject. You know, it's, it's really important to people. People like to know where their garments are made. They like to know the whole story behind it. And I think as I go shopping, as people go shopping to the market, you're kind of curious. And we see more and more brands saying, you know, this is sustainably sourced material. This is really sharing the story behind the garments and the fabrics. And I think for us, it's really about the big picture. So not only the raw materials, not only the components, but the factory. How are they using energy? Where's the water supply coming from? How do we create a sustainable environment in totality? Where are the fibers coming from? So it's not just necessarily one specific thing. It's kind of the whole circle coming together. It's definitely a big initiative for VS, a big initiative in the industry. I think everyone's sort of excited that it's become the expectation now and the customer really is eager to learn and go on the journey with everyone. Yeah, and they really hold so much of the influence, right? The buying power that the consumer has at their fingertips now has changed a lot. You know, it's the right thing to do for brands and suppliers like us as well. You know, so it's not just driven by the consumer, but really everyone just doing their part for the greater good. We talked a little bit about the pandemic and processes and how some of that changed within VS. If you step back and look at that at a higher level, what do you see as the biggest challenges for the industry as a whole going forward. And some of that might overlap some of the challenges you guys experienced, but we're obviously still in this and we're in a little bit of a different place now, but how do you see from a higher level, the challenges going forward? Yeah, I think everyone has been affected by this, no matter who you are in the world. And I think, especially working for a global company, you realize some parts of the world are handling things in different stages at different times. So I think you have to be very understanding and empathetic and remember that, there's people involved. You know, the, the garments aren't made by magic. There's real people in the factories working on these things. There's real people threading these machines. There's real people sewing. So, for example, throughout the COVID process, there's been times where different places are impacted harder at different times. People think, oh, it's so easy to just see a new sample the next day. But I think until you actually see the work that goes into this, it's hard to comprehend. So actually I did take a lot of videos and a lot of pictures and to really, I think it's about educating people. So I was educating the designers. I was saying, you know, this is so cool, but look how much work it takes to do this, this, this. So to be honest with you, we tried to do a lot of upfront sketches because it's much easier to adjust a sketch <laughs> than to, you know, adjust things once they're on the machine. And it has affected, you know, factories are closed. Things are delayed with shipping. Just the logistics in general are a bit slower. 
And I don't think it's something that is just felt by the laundry industry. I think it's felt by every industry. And I think it's, you know, affected how people buy things, affected our planning, affected how we commit to things. And I think it's not something that's going to go away overnight. I think it's kind of pushing people to think differently, go forward. And, you know, maybe a sample isn't going to be ready as quickly as it was pre-COVID. And maybe we have to think about how many samples we're looking at, or maybe we have to think about how many deliveries we have. So I think it's sort of shifting everyone's mindset. Absolutely. So going more in that direction and on a more positive note, we talked about some of the challenges, but what do you see as the biggest opportunity as we move forward in not quite a post-COVID world quite yet, but, you know, where we're at now, which is a little bit of a better place. What do you see as the best opportunity? I think this new digital platform, I think it's really brought everyone together. I think it's easier than ever to connect with a customer. I think we've seen digital be a a huge, huge highlight amidst everything that's gone on. I think people still want to shop. And I think that's good for us because, you know, we have so many great things to offer. And even if people can't go to the stores, you know, we have the online digital platform. So I think that's huge for us. And I think for a lot of businesses, I think they're seeing the online aspect being strong. So I think that's a a huge opportunity. Absolutely. And finally, what is something you could share with listeners and maybe it's someone early in their career like you were? I mean, I think you've had a really great journey and it seems like you've accomplished a lot and had some really great experiences. So what would you say to people that are at that phase one and anything you could share in terms of encouragement or tips and even stuff for your peers in the industry as well? Sure. I think, you know, it's really important to be passionate about what you do. I think I'm so lucky. I have a job that I, I really love. I love working on textiles. And I think that you have to put in the hard work. Sometimes it seems like, oh, it's taking forever to get to this place. And I think I've definitely gone on a journey to get to where I am. And hopefully I have a lot more to come in my career. I think we all would like to think we can just, you know, snap our fingers and magically we can do anything. But I think learning about the process as much as you can, I think for everyone across the board, whether it's design or production or even technical design partners, I think as long as everyone sort of is willing to learn and ask questions, and trust each other, trust our partners, trust our mills and suppliers. Yeah, it's about asking questions and not being afraid to ask the questions because, hey, everyone has to learn somehow. And I know what I know because of asking questions. I have to say one of my most humbling experiences is when I was in Hong Kong with the Hong Kong team. I went to visit one of our biggest lace suppliers and I went with our, our lace expert. And in my head, I was thinking, oh my gosh, I feel so bad. You know, she has to take the day and she's already been here. She's going to have to go on this long journey with me and go through the factory again. And I'm sure she knows everything. And what surprised me is when we got to this lace supplier, she sat through everything with me and she had more questions than anyone. And I realized she's the lace expert because she's the one always asking these questions. And even if it's something she knew, maybe she already knew it. She was asking it because she wanted me to hear it. And it sort of clicked that, you know, there's no shame, no matter how much you know, to ask more. And I think that was very valuable that even someone who has all this knowledge still wants to learn more. And I think just the nature of the industry with things evolving and technology getting better and better, there's there's always another new thing coming out. So I'm super happy where I am right now. And I think I'm lucky to work at a company where, you know, you don't have to be the VP to say an idea. You can have an idea at any level. So I think it's important for people to speak up and to voice their opinions about things. And I think the other thing I would say is it's important to find a work-life balance. 
you know, it's easy. We live in a fast paced world. It's easy to get caught up in life, to get caught up in work and just to really find that balance and to prioritize your health and to prioritize, you know, taking care of yourself and balancing that with your work. And I feel like it will all kind of work out if you can manage that balance. I agree. It seems like there's been an increased awareness and emphasis around mental health because there is a mental health side to everything that we've been going through, right? And so it's nice to see that. It's nice to see employers embrace that and give back to their employees, either whether it's letting them stay remote, if that's what works best for them, or just giving them more family time. I think those are all wonderful points and really important. I really had a great time talking with you today. Again, you're an impressive individual and I hope we get to talk more off the mic, but I'm just really thankful for you coming on today. Great. I enjoyed this as well. Thanks so much, Steve. Thank you all for listening to today's podcast with Lavana Beanstalk, Manager of Raw Materials at Victoria's Secret. We hope you join us for the next installment of the and Tech Stock podcast. If you like our show and are interested in hearing more, go to Siasin.com where you can find more podcast episodes, blog posts, and links to everything mentioned in this episode. That's Siasin.com forward slash knowledge dash hub. Have a great day, everybody.